welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now we have another club update, this one about Manchester City with Rob Pollard from the Manchester Evening News. Uh, glad to speak with you, Rob. Going to start off with a deal that happened quite some time ago, Ilke Gundogan. He's been out for a while, but he's been at the club for a while as well. Uh, when does it look like he's going to get back into action? Um, well, he's back in full training now. Um, he has been for, I think, about uh, a week so, I mean, it was always the club's intention to try and get him out on the field in the Manchester derby, which is City's next game after the international break. So uh, I think that's still the intention. Whether or not he will start that game, um, there's still some debate about that. I mean, I've got a sneaking suspicion that he will. I think he's such an important player um, for Guardiola and the style of football he wants to play. That, uh, And I think he has a lot of faith in him. I think that there's a real chance he could start. But most people are predicting that he'll probably be introduced from the bench, particularly given, I mean, the position he's going to um, eventually take up in the side is the one that Fernandinho is operating in at the moment, and he's been superb again. So there's no real rush, um, but at the same time, I, I, I do, I feel that uh, Guardiola is so keen to get him in there that he, he probably will. I mean, it was the first signing he made. Um, and it almost feels a little bit like um, Thiago Alcantara at, at Bayern Munich, where he was the first signing he made, and he was just so key to everything that Guardiola did. And uh, it feels a little bit uh, a little bit like that with Gundo. And so um, I wouldn't be surprised if he started that game. Fair enough. Uh, paired next to Fernandinho, who has been terrific, has been David Silva. A lot of people were questioning where all those pieces would fit. Uh, do you think he'll maintain his spot sitting a little bit further back? How do you think that midfield area is going to sort? Yeah, I mean, he's been, I, I mean, I would say he's been City's best player from the opening few games of the season. I think he's been right back to his best, which I think is a huge relief to the City fans because, um, I mean, it's widely considered that he's the greatest player to have ever played for the club. But last season, was there was a definite dip uh, for the first time. Um, a lot of that was down to ankle um, problems. I mean, he was suffering uh, ankle pain, which was sort of restricting his movement a little bit. Um, but it was a worry. But um, Guardiola sort of come up with this new role. This uh, is called a free eight role, apparently. Him and De Bruyne are operating in the same type of role, and it just gives them both license to go anywhere. So they can drop deep and link the play, uh, which Silva's particularly good at. But they can also... Uh, influence things in the in the final third as well, and it's worked really, really well. And um, yeah, Silva is a, a key player once again. Yeah, and speaking of key players, Vincent Kompany, when he's fit, one of the best centre backs in the league, has not been fit for a while. Looks like maybe Mangala is going out on loan. What's your centre back situation looking like right now? Uh, well, it's been chaotic for years, but I think the the signing of John Stones has helped. I mean, he's instantly, he looks like the main man or, well, Guardiola's main man at the back. I mean, it's a fascinating transfer that, I mean, Guardiola is, you know, not just a fan. He almost seems obsessed with the way Stones plays. So Stones got, has got the best manager possible for him. Company, obviously, if he was he was fit and playing regularly, you know, they would be he would be a guaranteed starter. He's the best defender best pure defender at the club. Um, but, of course, he's had two years now of just 
incessant injuries, so nobody's sort of getting ahead of themselves on that one. I think if he was to come back in and play 10 games on the bounce, then that would be a huge bonus for City. But the club have began the process or begun the process of uh, trying to put pieces in place so that they're not as over-reliant on him. And you've probably seen Kolarov has been playing at centre-half. He's been doing quite well, but for me, he's not a, a long-term option there. Otamendi um, has played a few games, but I have huge reservations about his style. I think he's reckless and slightly over the top. And then the, and then the wild card that has emerged um, has been 18-year-old Tozin Adarabayo, who's been at the club since he was nine. Uh, he plays the game in exactly the way that the club want to play football, the way Guardiola wants to play football. Uh, Guardiola really, really likes him. Uh, I went to Gothenburg for the, the pre-season game against Arsenal and uh, asked Guardiola what he thought of Adarabayo and the, the answer was uh, overwhelmingly positive. He spoke for about you know six or seven minutes about his quality and what he thinks he can bring. I think the only thing he's lacking is his experience and Guardiola's trying to give him that in, uh, in dribs and drabs. And then the odd man out at the moment, while the odd men out are uh, Mangalo, looks, it looks like uh, Valencia... Is, a, is an option again, as they were this time last year. Uh, a deal didn't happen then. He, he he turned a loan move down because he wanted to fight for his place at City. Um, but it looks like they remain interested. And then you've got Jason Denier, who feel a little bit sorry for him. Um, I've sp- spoken to his representatives a few times in the summer and they're really disappointed in the sense that it was kind of made out to Denier that um, he would have been one of the four centre-backs fighting for a place on the on the pitch. They've let a number of clubs who would potentially have been interested go out and sort themselves out with centre-halves and it's left them with a uh, few options and very little time to actually get a deal done. But I think Galatasaray are in pole position. Um, and there's also been some interest from the likes of Swansea and Southampton. So I'm pretty sure he'll get a move um, before the window shuts as well. Would that be a permanent or a loan? I think uh, alone. I think he prefers alone. I think he still harbours hope of getting into the City team at some stage. Um, but, you know, there the, the comes a point where you'd have to start doubting that. I think if I was in his shoes, I'd be looking for a permanent move. But he seems quite happy with one more one more loan and, and give it another crack at trying to get into the City team next season. Hmm. All right, moving up front, uh, Aguero just picked up a suspension. Boney seems to be on his way out. Uh, Nolito's been playing on the wing. Maybe he's now going to move up front. And he had Nacho currently with an injury. Uh, I assume you're not going to add it that position, but what's the situation up front for you right now? Um, well, I mean, I think Nacho will be fit for the derby. So if, if I was in charge, he would start up front in Aguero's place and not tinker with anything else. I think he deserves it anyway. I think... Um, Every single time the lad's given an opportunity, he performs brilliantly. So um, <clears throat> it would seem slightly unfair to me if his um, his rival for a place in the team, if you like, uh, misses a game and he isn't given his place. I think he completely deserves that. I mean, I suppose the other option is Nolito going up front or De Bruyne doing the false nine, which he's done very successfully before. Um, I mean, at the weekend, when Aguero was taken off, uh, Samir Nasri went up front. Now, obviously, he will leave and he won't be an option, but it just shows you sort of Guardiola is open to um, to other ideas. So um, it's unclear at this stage. And obviously, 
you have to try and get the international break out of the way and see who's fit and who's not. But if it was me uh, in an ideal world, I, I would just start Kelechi, Iheanacho uh, in Aguero's place and leave everything else uh, as it were. Yeah, I, I kind of buried the lead there on accident. Uh, Boney seemingly on the way out, reportedly at Stoke right now, having yeah. a medical. Uh, why do you think that that didn't work at Manchester City? And do you think it'll work at Stoke? Well, I just think, I mean, hindsight is obviously a wonderful thing. I thought it was a sensible move for City. I thought he deserved a shot at a bigger club. I thought his goal record at Swansea warranted that. Um, but, you know, with hindsight, it's clear that his style just wasn't suited to City, even under Pellegrini, but certainly under Guardiola. I think City, uh, you know, they've got their faults, but they are a, a very good pass and move side. They like to move the ball quickly and it requires movement in every area and and Bonnie just lacks movement. Um, so he just didn't work out. I mean, he, he looked like a, the odd man out and a, a real spare part for a lot of the time and then the goals dried up as well. And it just never got going for him. And he looked, you know, he looked uh, nervous and lacking confidence in front of goal. And I think it's just better for everybody if he gets a move. And I think a team like Stoke um, could work. You know, a team who are slightly more direct, going to make him the focal point, going to try and play in and around him, uh, could work. And he's shown before that he can score goals uh, regularly in the Premier League. I mean, he was one in two at Swansea and there's also a little bit more to his game. So I think in the right team, it it, uh, it could work, but um, it was never going to work at City and certainly not under the new manager. Mm. Another seemingly outgoing player, Samir Nasri. Do we know where he's going? Um, I think Sevilla are, the, are in pole position. I think it was interesting that he even got on the pitch the other day. I mean, we were all assuming that Perhaps that meant he was back in the manager's thinking because he is a very, very technically gifted player, Samir Nasri. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, he plays football when he when he's fit and playing well. Um, there's very few in the City squad who can touch him in terms of his quality, his ball retention and his vision and, and everything else. Um, but at the same time, his attitude has always let him down and he's never really strung consistent form together he'll have one really good season then one bad one one good one one bad one and really with the money he's on and with City's ambitions you'd, a player like that is is no good to you really so uh, I think the bringing him on at the weekend was just to put him in the shop window a little bit and uh, it seems to have worked because uh, he's got some options and you know good luck to him because I think like I say on his day he really is a, a fantastic player I mean I'm remember when City won the uh, the Premier League and the League Cup um, in Pellegrini's first season in charge. And he was absolutely sensational that season. He really was. And, you know, if you speak to a lot of City fans, you've got a hell of a lot of time for him because mm. the highs have been so high. But I, th- I do think it's time for him to, to move on, really. All right. So with the, the four potential outgoings that we've mentioned here, uh, as well as the signings you've already brought in, is that going to be the totality of your business this this uh, summer? I would say so. I can't see anyone else coming in. I think City have, um, I think Guardiola has got what he needs, and I can't see Yaya Torre leaving, which would be the only other potential 
um, purely because, well, A, is on astronomical wages. I mean, they all are, in my opinion, but um, Torre's on, you know, more than double what the rest are on, so he would be more difficult to shift. And also, he's only got a year left on his contract anyway, so I think his representatives have made it quite clear that if he wasn't sort of given a free transfer this year um, as a mark of respect for what he's done for the club, then he was going to sit and see out the final year of his contract and um, take a big pay, a big welcome payday somewhere else. So I would say that uh, that would be it. But they've got to get at least a couple of those out the door because if not, they're going to be a couple of players who can't play in the Premier League because they have the the 17 non uh, non homegrown rule. That's the limit. And City at the minute have more than that. So they need to get rid of at least two. But... Uh, I think it will before I can see um, all of them going at some point before the end of the day. Fair enough. All right. Well, with us now knowing uh, what your squad will look like by the end of today, uh, what are your expectations as a City fan for the end of the season? Well, I think um, I think City should be there or thereabouts um, where the title is concerned. I think... United have had a fantastic summer. I don't know, there's no question about that. I think Edward Wood had a list of um, criteria he needed to to check off, and he, he's done pretty much all of it. And they're right back, right back in the mix. Um, Chelsea, I think, I'm very impressed with their manager. I think he's very tactically astute, and I think he's going to make a big difference to them. And I think City look in really good shape as well. So I think those three clubs will will battle it out. And um, I think as from next season, I can see City really, really motoring on. I think the Guardiola um, project and, the, and the, the academy and everything else is, is going to start really, really bearing fruit. But I think for this season, City, um, City are going to be in a three-way fight. And I think it, you know United and Chelsea, United or Chelsea have to win it this season because if they don't, City could end up dominating for the next couple of years. But um, I don't know. I think I can see City winning winning the title, and uh, I also think maintaining at least what they achieved in the Champions League last year, the semi final spot, is vitally important as well because they've struggled a little bit in that competition for various reasons. The fans haven't necessarily taken to it. The players have sometimes looked like they don't believe they should be there. Um, but last season was a real, real turnaround. So they need to maintain that um, and and not take any steps backwards because it's been quite a difficult um, journey for them in that competition. And you know they uh, they've had to fight to get to get where they are. All right. Well, that uh, does it for us. Anything you'd like to plug? Um, well, just you know, I'm on Twitter at Rob Pollard underscore. Um, if you want to follow me on there and. I'll try my best to keep you up to date with news and um, just check out the Manchester Evening News website. If you are a, a City fan or a United fan, we have a dedicated City and United section that covers pretty much every aspect of each club. So uh, there's always something on there for you if uh, if that's what interests you. All right. Well, thanks so much and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thanks a lot. Take care.